It is 420 somewhere. Thanks for joining me, everybody. I'm Mickey 420, your uh, accidental canvas journalist and just overall dude. We're going to have Michael Sofis joining us today. We're going to be talking about policy and uh, he's got a PhD, which is pretty dope. What up, Michael? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. So so you're part of Cannabis Policy Project. Is that what the program? Close. Cannabis Public Policy Consulting. Right on. And what do you guys do? Like, what's the... What are you guys trying to figure out there? So we work with uh, we work with over twenty states uh, to help bring the cannabis legalization on board, uh, and we've kind of transitioned as legalization has matured to helping them sort of optimize their legalization sort of uh, implementation in terms of both public health and uh, market outcomes. So, like public health, uh, are you trying to like? I mean, now you have what? 15, 18 recreational states, uh-huh. uh, 30 medical states. Uh, you know, with those medical states, though, you have people who aren't giving out information like freely, right? So you're kind of like part speculation, part now you have these recreational states that are, uh, no one died, right? Can you <laughs> tell me, like, in any of these states, who who overdosed so far or whatever? Well, well we, um, to that point, so like in the last week, we've recruited about 11,000 Americans across illegal medical and adult use states roughly evenly that and we're about to release a report in the next week or two. That's one of the largest, if not the largest that's ever been done on public health outcomes across mm. different types of legalization states or you know, jurisdictions. Okay. And what we found is actually that on average, this is a spoiler alert, but actually legal states have lower eight like um so folks begin using cannabis later they drive under the influence less mm. and youth use like half as many days like seven days less per month of cannabis so a lot of these things that were brought up initially as kind of the fear-mongering about cannabis legalization sure actually showing in a very like rigorous scientific fashion is actually not happening kind of like the kids thing right like the kids yeah. are gonna start um you know like but it's, it's like I, I think at least from my perspective please think of the children yeah <laughs> and then will you be able to find that over at your guys's site here yeah. cannabis yeah. public policy consulting.com yeah yeah exactly give us a give us a week and it's uh i think it's embargoed right now like the report but mm. it's coming out soon uh yeah it's pretty cool um it's you know a lot a lot of people across the u.s that provided this data so it's it's really neat to see um, because it, when you add in all these other things, right, social equity, economic impacts, it really kind of suggests like what's going, you know, it really is kind of designed for like so, sort of the more conservative folks, like federally, like in terms of mm-hmm. locally, yeah. um, like that's your, that's your bread and butter is the public health. And if that's not clearly there, then what's, what's, what's the angle, you know, for, for mm-hmm. not supporting federal legalization. Yeah. But, but then with all the data. Yeah. It's ever been done. And then like, as so, and I'm just so jaded and cynical after like, you yeah. know, over so many years. Uh, and then you just, you say like, oh yeah, but then what about that study from the forties or that one from the fifties? Yep. The exactly. one from the sixties, yeah. one from the seventies, those other ones from the eighties and then those new ones from the nineties. And then, uh, you know, that's what we found out about the endocannabinoid system and all that stuff. And then there are other ones that continue yeah. to come out. Like, you know, you guys had that patent on it. Uh, at which point, Will the people who just have thrown up their hands and they don't even want to listen to your facts actually listen to the facts, you think? Oh, my God. That's like a really mm. good question. That's tough. I mean, I, you know, um, 
I think there is some slow momentum starting to build where folks are starting to realize, like, I mean, we started doing a lot of sort of counter pieces where I, you know, I've published like, you know, 26 scientific like formal papers, right? Like in scientific journals, but I see these papers coming out where folks will say things like this one came out literally last week and it was like, oh, you know, um, youth, um, you know, it was like 16, I think to 25, or something along those lines you know, they're, they're using less alcohol and cannabis, but then, you know, these folks, folks 21 to 20, 21 to 50 or something, you know, are using, you know, more after legalization. And then, you know, folks older than that aren't using any different. And the, the conclusion was like, recreational legalization is leading to more co-occurring alcohol and cannabis use. It's like, that's literally the opposite of what you're finding showed. So I can't answer that directly. But what I can say is that there is growing momentum among scientists to not just um, quickly sort of assume that legalization is is negative. Yeah, I don't know how people are going to perceive it though, and I do worry sometimes that we've lost but a lot of folks. Don't you, don't you guys think though, like like I, the the the, the fear mongering part, the the hyperbole bullshit that mm-hmm. uh, the worst case scenario thing, right? Like yeah. Yeah. legalization is like the, you're going to smoke weed all day and play video games, right? Yeah. Like yeah. like. God forbid, like I just enjoy myself. <laughs> yeah, the apathy hypothesis has been pretty strongly actually debunked. Like there's tons and tons of studies that have tried to show the you're going to be lazy and apathetic and it just doesn't, it doesn't actually play out. I, I actually have a formal publication showing literally that people who use cannabis are actually more likely to persist sure. in behavioral patterns. Like literally like mm-hmm. they're persisting more. So it's actually the opposite. Um, so I, I really think that stuff's pretty tired. And even the head of uh, the National Institute on Drug Abuse has sort of backed off of that sort of stuff recently because she's sure. realized that the findings aren't actually adding up in that direction. And now that they're actually going to be able to study the stuff, yeah, boy, I wonder how quickly they're going to you know, just turn tail and run for the other direction. Uh, it's nice to see after so many dang years that the tide of reason is turning when it comes to our which is just so full of yourself. Like you're going to criminalize nature. Yeah. You're going to say that not, not an action, but like, a, you know, consumption behavior is not, not like I'm going to go take your shit. You know, I'm going to injure you. I'm going to take your life. You know, the ultimate uh, yeah. version of a crime. Uh, no, no, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to like make a cup of coffee and drink it. And you're going to like arrest that person for doing it, you know, which makes no sense. But uh, with the cannabis public policy consulting, uh, what types do you guys actually have types of policy and white papers that you're espousing? It's like we suggest, you know, regulating this plant like this. That's a really good question. So generally speaking, like we try to stay away from formal declarations about stuff just because we work with state governments there's like a lot of red tape there in terms of how we what we formally say mm-hmm. what we do show in like our data and like in publicly available white papers and reports directly commissioned by state governments is is like we did one with uh maine and helped really turn their market into something that really got rid of a lot of the illicit market quickly and we show in the report that actually more like the more that folks were not using from the illicit market the more public health outcomes were better so they were driving less driving to the influence less cigarette smoking Mm. um and and less sort of like problematic cannabis use like kind of rely on it too much and so like these are things that you know this is completely separate from our like white this big report I, i was telling you guys about earlier so the odds that both of these things are happening separately are like zero. So what we've really kind of come across like somewhat like fortuitously in terms of like 
I wasn't necessarily expecting it. I was kind of thinking that it was a possibility, but that is that the market outcomes, like a healthy market that gets into the illicit market, gets rid of it, or at least like pushes it aside, is oh, really yeah. good for public health too. So like there's there's real win-wins here that aren't, yeah. it's not like a zero sum game. Mm. Michael, have you guys, have you, well, I got two questions for you, but the first in regards to like uh, the, the, the influence of the, on society per se, uh have you looked at these medical markets like here in washington when it was medical there was a whole world it was like a society a subculture right that oh, yeah. no one knew about no one cared right yeah. people were making shit tons of money uh, uh people were going to dab bars we were having yeah. events uh, uh there were just things going on we had dab buses you know people just smoking and hanging out and driving but in the, in the big picture no one cared or knew Right, no one yeah. because this thing was non-eventful. Uh, Tom, when he came to Seattle Hemp Fest, I tell him this is the most frustrating thing about prohibition and just even like the injustice of the, and biasness of this law is you're they want you to expect dumb shit, but nothing happens. Period. It's yeah. not like this big. You gather three hundred thousand people. <laughs> we cleaned up, we packed up, and then we went to a bar to get messed up which was hilarious because we had been out at a cannabis consumption event without any alcohol like all day using the substance as was okay yeah and by the end of it you're like oh is that water yeah oh great and then you, you pack up oh the tents are good all right well and then you go to the after party in which there's also no no uh partaking of alcohol there because you're still on premises and then after that you're like well that was fun we'll see you guys tomorrow and then we went and had a beer yeah so, so, so what's what's the question? Well, I mean, like, have you guys looked at that that how that impacted the plant? Because we're talking, you're, you're talking about policy and society, yeah. and, and like yeah. how it reflects. And we're trying to we're trying to change minds of these 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 people who are making policy because they think the devil's lettuce is gonna like yeah. fry your brain and cause this like mass apocalypse of like like even with like soldiers, right? All these people talk about like, oh, if you can't let yeah. our soldiers because they're gonna be pacifists. No. I'll still shoot a motherfucker or whatever. I mean, like, I don't know what. So, yeah. So you guys are talking about like, so the, what we call them, there's a really good scientific article that came out like a, a couple of weeks ago. That was fantastic. This guy in, um, not far from you in Washington, up, up in uh, like Simon Fraser, I think university up in, in Canada, hmm. but he wrote a really cool thing. Kind of like, you know, it's, it's basically talking about these folks called the new, people call them the new prohibitionists. Right. So they'll say decrim's fine. Yeah, of course, right? Because like they can't not say that in today's world, right? Like it's kind of like a first level, like to even be like heard, you have to kind of say decrim, great. Um, but then they, but then they kind of like after that, everything is. I, I really think a lot of these folks, like um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the group Sam. Um, yeah, I, yeah. You know, like, smart approach. What is it? Smart approach for marijuana? Is that yeah, what SAM yeah. stands for? They're like it's just a disaster. The opposite, like, most ironically named organization that I can think of. Just propaganda, most though. ironically named. Oh, it's absolutely propaganda. And it's like, it's it's so easy to, to disarm them scientifically. It's like, it's like taking candy from a baby. I mean, it's like, well, you know, I'm, glad, okay, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Sam, because my second question for you was uh, like, are you a nonprofit? Who does your funding? Because like Sam gets funded through the DEA because of bullshit grants and all the other yeah. like, like, I don't think Kevin Sabat ever had a real job. You know what I'm saying? He figured out how to suck the American tit so well. But like, can yeah. you tell me, like, what's behind your guys' group, the funding See, and all that stuff? Almost all of it's state funded. I mean, we have a handful of like nonprofit and stuff, but like, we don't like, you know, and like our, the survey we did, we just self-funded it okay. for, for that very reason, because we were worried that if, if someone like, you know, some big lobbying group or what have you was going to come down and fund it, like it's, it's a little bit, 
understandably people would be a little skeptical about that right and so but it's so difficult because like to do science is not free no. exactly yeah. yeah and like data you just can't get like smart people that are going to do data anal analytics or yeah. uh, and, and yeah. study something or create like an actual experiment where they're going to then study the data and see if they can be replicated in somewhere else that that's not free and so um hopefully there's methods that you guys have uh, it sounds like your your consulting service is a non-profit is that how you guys have it organized technically it's it's an escort but it's it's mm -hmm. functions like a non-profit i mean we you know it's like we're like raking in a ton but um right yeah i mean what we do is we like we do a lot of like high level stuff that i think is second to none and we're we're, we're getting too much like so many contracts that we don't really have to do with them at this point like we're taking them all mm -hmm. but Oh, wow. um, with multiple states where we can kind of simulate like okay if you implement this policy right take a page from kpmg <laughs> subcontract it out to wow. some recent college grads from florida and then you say okay after you guys are done with this we have to say who gets the cannabis licenses in illinois oh my god that's really funny oh man you guys have no idea how funny that is yeah I mean, yeah. no, no, no. It, it's been my life for the past three years. It's like, wait a minute, huh? Yeah. Wait, wait another minute. Wait, oh man, oh goodness. And so, like, I, I don't, I don't appreciate the policy that yeah. Illinois was trying to to uh, effectuate with their yeah. how they did it. And I really appreciate the policy more so with what you know New Mexico and New Jersey are doing. Uh, and then with with New York, it kind of reminds me of what Illinois is doing. And it's like some people just don't listen or mm -hmm. that's not it. They got something mm -hmm. they're special and it's golden and they aren't giving it away to somebody else that they don't control. Yeah. Michael, when you guys are, are, are like helping with the policy, like creation, do you have access to like law enforcement records and like, you know, shit that's going on comparison wise and law enforcement wise. No, we, we collect our own data on that uh, in our surveys, like separate from our like state work. And that's kind right. of how we keep that. Like, I, I want to say like, keep anyone accountable, but we, we like to keep our data at the big picture. So we get a lot of data as a part of our contracts with states, but we, every quarter, so like every two and a half months, we're getting data of our own from every U S state, um, regardless of whether it's legal or not. And all sure. Like, outcomes because so that we can have that sort of like um unbiased sort of third party perspective yeah. um, on crimes and expungement and things like that but law enforcement is often something i will say in our work with states where they are um they often don't really want to get too involved with it because they are in terms of like you know encouraging anything um it's usually pretty hands-off at least from the the cannabis control commission side of things oh um, sure understandably so yeah well i was just thinking because uh uh like like that person that tom was talking about that you were trying to reach out to right the, that closed-minded like a lot of these people it's either dollars or even like you can prove like hey this thing can fuck you just as much as it can fuck me right this this overall like judicial your kid that gets arrested yeah you know, well, well your kid that gets arrested i i know the judges and i also have the money so yeah. i'll be able to get rid of their their problems <laughs> if that doesn't make it that that's not America. Like it's supposed to be equality before the law. I'm right. glad that you're able to do that for your kid, but think about everybody else. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, hundred percent. So, so uh, is there federal funding for you guys though? Like, like Sam, can you, can you figure out like 
tap into Is that the whole Sam shit? gets paid. They, run, they figure out a grant for Uncle Sugar, and they they just put it through the right channel, and then money shows up from the feds. Oh, yeah, to, my guess yeah. is like random, random like rich white dudes that just like you know have some extra cash that they want to put in is to fund that. That's my guess, honestly. I could be wrong, but that's my hunch. I haven't looked into it at all, but that's like I think that's how some of these programs get funded. Um, but I will say for us, like we are in in you know discussions. We've had some really positive talks with federal agencies. Um, the folks that are like, I will say as much as this, that the folks that are actually running them, you know, like directing them yeah. are incredibly interested in working with us. There, I think there's some higher level political and funding issues where it's, it's, there's a lot of red tape still. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm not someone who's great. Like I, I, am not familiar with like the you know, politics of this kind of stuff. Oh, sure. I'm a researcher, but like, I can tell you that there's a lot of interest from folks in the government. It's just a matter of the, the folks controlling the funds and what, yeah, yeah. The, there's a, one person who's got that closed-minded like. Yeah. Whereas everybody's like, "Hey, we, you know, the uh, it's fucking raining outside. We should wear an umbrella." You yeah. Know? <laughs> but, you yeah, know? If, yeah. If anyone in the chain says no, right, it's kind of it's, it's done so. That's yeah. Oh, right. Sucks, dude. And then it's a plant that's just it's got greed with it, and yeah. so like you know the people that are that anybody says no, you can shut it down. And that person who says no might be saying no because it's like this would be a beautiful cash flow for me and i've given you a lot of money mr yeah. senator man and um that but th that's how america works i mean like if you read yeah. the illinois cannabis law it, there's rent seeking behavior in it like that's mm -hmm. why biotrack thc is in there right they paid oh. lobbyists to put themselves in they didn't say it's seed to sales system that would have a relational database that would also qualify metric yeah. Right. to like help uh, be competitive in the, in the yeah, actual world yeah yeah well I think, so you see that no absolutely absolutely no. yeah i think a lot of it has to do with that i think just like weird political machinations you know and i think one of the things i've been trying to focus on is getting rid of what we've been trying to focus on is kind of going i say going after but like you know being assertive about folks either academic or non-academic like markets saying stupid shit like that about cannabis that is just not evidence-based yeah. uh, based on their data because, you know, one Republican senator or two or three of them that read, you know, some post that gets blown yeah. up, that that can like, that can slow a bill that could change everything, you know? And I think for, in, for the public good in general, right? So like, I think a lot of that, it's kind of a, you know, death by a thousand cuts, I think on some of these things now, right? Like oh, just, yeah. um, but you know, the problem is it's, it's, it's a lot of these people don't give it F, right? Like, like it's oh, funny. I, I think it's great that you laugh at the KPMG people, yeah. right? Because this is the the most blatant lack of transparency out there with oh, their, sure. how they figured out the. Like I'm not uh, a rocket scientist, right? And I've worked with some. Like literally, yeah. I've worked with rocket scientists because I've done missile system shit, right? And 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 the thing is, like, the the math behind this, it's not special accounting to figure out yeah what an equity should be and how a point system should work out to like. You know, everybody, you're going to cap out, period. And then you're, you're, you're better off with just doing bingo balls, right? Like yeah. fucking Maine did or whatever. Yeah. But they're afraid. Well, hang on. Like with how Maine assigned it, especially in Kittery, that was a brute force lottery. You could have just bought all the ping pong balls. That's not equitable at all. No. And then it's one of the reasons yeah. why, like with Random. New Mexico or New Jersey, uh, with New Jersey, it's the best example in the sense that they are granted priority through the processing speed. So they will be able to hit the market fastest, but then they still have to have 
all their paperwork in order and their their capital lined up and they have to hit the regulation. So that that allows them that first entry, but it doesn't guarantee them, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a discrimination against out of state actors. You yeah. never saw Tom actually. You, Tom, you had a facing this way now. Tom, you you never oh. had a <laughs> you never you you had you had you had clients to involve with that fiasco, right? And so when sure. you when you got the paperwork back for the grading point system, right? There's there was no transparency. You didn't get that right? back. Huh? You didn't get, you didn't get that back. You don't so get you that never, back. But either way, you never got feedback. You never got like the transparency of this, right? I, I literally think someone got paid or either someone was really drunk one night and said, fuck it, we'll just you like- You think that's one reason why uh, somebody who applied once for a craft grower license got more than one license? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> it happened. Biggest, biggest- I don't line. know why, but it happened. Yeah. Why isn't anybody flagging it? Why is it, they have to redo the whole Oh shebang. no, it's the, the lawsuit's pending. It's going on. Yeah, yeah. but it takes forever though what happens and so that's one of the reasons why like we have a a cannabis law and policy show where we explain the marijuana (laughs) law so that you can help change them and we talk about these tomfooleries now like it doesn't mean and you're in uh uh, massachusetts i believe right yeah that's where i live yeah and so like that market may experience uh price fluctuations as it matures Mm -hmm. that's happened before in oklahoma and in mass not massachusetts michigan and coming now to massachusetts we our guest last week was saying that the supply is getting pretty pretty good so that the prices are going to come down really well and it might be more difficult to be a grower in that state Mm -hmm. Uh, how is the supply and can you get a high quality eighth of cannabis for less than $35 in Massachusetts from a legal source where, you know, it's pure and, and clean and all that stuff. Well, it depends on high quality. <laughs> I didn't find yeah. that. You know, like, like what's the THC? Uh, well, it, it, it in the mid twenties, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, I think so. yeah, yeah. I think so. yeah. If you go, if you, if you walk in, if you walk in, yeah, that's that is about the price point that I think uh, the legacy market no longer really com- can compete. The legacy market can only go as low as the product costs to make, uh, or as the product, pro- uh, you know. And so once you get down like below thirty five dollars a retail level eighth, uh, I just think that is extremely difficult for the legacy market to succeed in that state. Yeah, there's usually like a twenty ish percent difference between what where that. You know, in terms of twenty percent lower price, um, even if it's twenty percent higher for sorry for the regulated than illicit, right? It, people people are going to be pretty pretty down with the regulated market there. Um, so that's, that's we we work with states a lot on that actually, like the like willingness to pay the the kind of precise price points where you, they really need to push towards, you know, to try to get folks early in the you know implementation of adult use to get things moving because yeah. the first six months are like really important and if and there, there can be like multi-year kind of deficits in that if they don't get in quickly um in terms of getting folks turned like switch over shouldn't you uh be looking at oregon for like a model for that like as far as like uh now i mean there's still bad players that are uh, uh yeah. exporting but they're not selling it to local people because those local people are actually going to stores or to their their friend at grows right kind of, kind of like uh people who are butchers you know they can share each other's meat or whatever you know these people are sharing crows you know yeah, but, yeah. but there's no like no there's no one making you know profits anymore like it used to be like when i first met my my, my friend uh, johnny green in person 
they had a tub of weed. It was like a, I think it was like a hundred pounds in this <laughs> big ass Walmart tub. Yeah. And uh, uh, I thought it was the greatest thing, but uh, uh, the risk back then was worth it because people consumed. You could get rid of it locally, and uh, you know there was none of that state line shit. You didn't have to scare. You know you weren't. You just dealt with the local people. You knew your your area and whatnot. Uh, so I think Oregon should be used as an example because you can buy hella cheap ounces of quality for yep. for, that, for that thirty forty dollars. You know, here in Washington State, we have we're not there yet. We're not there to that point where. Uh, I'm, it's decent enough, but and it's gotten better, but it's not what Oregon is. And I think everybody keeps overlooking Oregon. You know, everyone's eyeball California. You know, Washington, Oregon, and Tide. We're we're coming to ten years. I think next week is our is our anniversary. I don't know, man, because like, just the market reality. Forty bucks is what it is in Illinois, and that's yeah. if that's if you have vertical integration. So the the store that front you go to is owned by the grower. And then they're able to suppress their price because they can make it up from the wholesale and moving their crop. Uh, but then the um, they upsell or they upmark whenever their competitors. And so there'll be like a large price discrepancy. And you see that in, uh, in, in our state. I'm assuming you'll see it in other states. But when I went to California or Washington State you, or even Michigan, you can get out the door with something very high quality for 35 bucks or less. And you know well, this stuff takes time to grow i mean like yeah I, I got some some seeds that i popped uh they're almost two months old i'd still veg them out for another month and then go for two months of flour and then you have to cure it and so it takes six months to make the product you know i mean isn't oregon like five dollars a gram right now like isn't oh, that like they have outdoor and so they have like yeah. huge gluts yeah because like yeah it's not it's oftentimes can be tough i mean it depends on like what this brings up an interesting kind of point it's like what is a healthy industry situation slash like you know like you know government regulatory system here in terms of like you know like home grow for example so we get we get a lot of people and much more so increasingly are, are saying they home grow a lot right yeah like, totally cool and like from like my perspective right like what we're thinking public health wise like that seems like totally that makes sense you know but it could be really hard for governments to regulate and you get really different perspectives on whether people consider that sort of even if even if it's literally like within the law like like at least generally like how people in the government sort of view that right it could be really tough to kind of so like you know i think about oregon where like you know oftentimes in terms of illicit when that supply gets a little bit out of control um it can be really hard for illicit in terms of like the traditional measurement versus maybe it's not so bad right if you're thinking about just straight up like home grow and just kind of like general like legal use and and you know like cultivation right versus like you know fully regulated if that makes sense so well, that, you know isn't the question what is regulation right like like yeah exactly like, like tom we talked about what, what, what was it uruguay right like uh, yeah. all this all this uh freedom but no no market or mexico even right now uh, yeah. uh no market uh but like here in in washington you know we don't have home grow just because it's not on the books right we i've seen we're trying to get yeah. this passed through there's this verbatim we try to just say hey look allow x amount of plants is that regulated though if you just say hey this is x amount allowed right because yeah yeah. That's I, yeah yeah i mean we're just saying now you're allowed to have it but there's still no damn market right like that's yeah. another thing too there's another people concerned that uh home grow will eliminate uh, uh this big business brewery bullshit is wrong yeah, it's yeah. just another market they're missing out on because exactly. growing good mm -hmm. weeds hard 
Growing wheat's easy. Six months, and then you got a, a huge supply of the same strain, so you get bored smoking it. Yes. Uh, it, it, it so home grow, and we have medical home grow. They have medical home grow out on in Washington State too. Do they have any medical home grow? Or what's the home grow situation in Massachusetts? I I don't know off the top of my head, honestly. Because um, we we ironically we don't do work with Massachusetts, but we've worked with like half the other states. Um, so I can't tell you, but most of the states we work with, yeah, allow like six to eight, six to nine plants, usually mm -hmm. is kind of the range. And so like, it's such an arbitrary, you know, but like, it is. I'm, it's a positive though that folks are copying and pasting that, right? There's a lot of stuff that's been copying yeah. and pasting that's not great. That's a good one, right? Because that's a lot of plants if you actually think about it, right? Like if you allow people that that's, and you know, it can get rid of 10% of the illicit market in some, in some states, like that's. Oh yeah, what, that's what, substantial. You know what's frustrating about policy? You know, when I when I compare how it used to be in Washington when it was medical, dude. Yeah. When I used to go to dispensaries, you know, first like like I said, it was like an underground club. You know, I got mm -hmm. my script. I got enough things wrong with my body. I can get a, a prescription, right? And you know, just right. saying, you're, we think this is the best. But uh, uh, there was a time where I could buy seeds and and clones and and walk home and and take them, and mm -hmm. and, and and we de-evolved. We went from, you know. We had lounges and I could buy clones and and, and, and do this thing every day yeah. to uh, fuck you. Unless you can get me $10 million, you can't play in this game. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we need about three more hours for that because that's, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, like the multi-state operator, you know, your MSOs right. and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, um, you know, there's a, um, there's definitely a lot to say about promoting competitive um small operators in the space there's no doubt sure i just think because you're part of policy creation though right like and we talk about regulation and and i, I just think like, like I, tom hates when i, I think because he's a lawyer who wants to he he sees the business side of things and, and has everything sectioned in it but from yeah. the what i saw which was like pure capitalism to like what yeah. we have now which is like uh, a gamified system yeah if we yeah. just you know lab regulation is it you know, requiring people permits, yes, uh, uh, quantity amounts, uh, uh, you're responsible for your own inventory. And, and, you know, like that's like in every other industry, right? You know, the, yeah. the, it's up to the person to, to be, you know, take ownership of whatever their, their part is. But the price to join shouldn't be so high because these stupid barriers that they try to protect yourselves from yourself is, is not working. It hasn't been working. Yeah, so I will say there's some really cool tech that's coming, I think, down the pipeline. I don't know, like, my guess is it's going to take three to five years. But there's some really cool blockchain technology that's barely kind of started um, where folks are going to be able to basically genetic test their plants and then, like, their seeds, excuse me, like, right from the bat. And it's basically wow. the ultimate, like, God version of like track and trace but except like an individual person like who owns their own little little shop can do it and wow. like all the way cultivation to point of sale um and you know at any point you can test like quickly like do a quick assay and like know like okay like this is the plant and you know it would have all the potency and all that other stuff in it and so i think there could be in the next three to five years maybe even likely some really cool like uh spreading of high technology kind of at low cost kind of for the people, if you will, um, that is just great for public health, great for markets, great for government, everything. I mean, that'd be great for traceability, right? For for the for the regulated market. But say uh, I have a friend that grows or makes beer, you know, yeah. 
they're not uh, uh I, I can't sue him like he gives me a 12 pack and i'm like thank you this was delicious you know yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. and i get drunk and whatever that, yeah. that preventative maintenance that we keep doing is ridiculous right we're yeah, just like yeah over yeah. the top i think for something that i've been consuming while we've been talking twice already before earlier and well after yeah. and <gasps> still not die right i mean like serious just uh it's yeah. been legal there for 10 years legal. the tolerance is big <laughs> yeah i know that no i understand where you're calling from um yeah i think a lot of it's um so i will say again not to like turn turn the, the page here but the cultural stuff with this is like i think cannabis culture both like you know loosely speaking for and against is so ingrained in so many aspects of society it's i mean you could spend you know hundreds of years with with all these different researchers and like still like there's been some really interesting stuff actually like it, as this relates to kind of what you're talking about at least tangentially so like folks have been done some really cool studies showing that when there's been you know studies saying oh like legalization is causing like negative public health outcomes there's actually some really cool stuff showing that like in the kind of the same context it's actually more like these cultural attitudes that mm. have shifted right like like there's different generations people are more like open and like mm. you know so it's not say that that's causing negative things it's just like that's causing like more frequent use and then and then folks will assume that that's necessarily like that's bad right yeah. and so like it just there's a lot of cultural stuff here that's like really really hard to change and it's probably like hundreds of years old um at least oh yeah 100 percent. it's ingrained yep yeah that's that's the that's the real rub of it all is because they they've avoided it because it's been illegal so they have no understanding they have no frame of reference on on using the substance yeah. Uh, and that can create a lot of misconception because you have no practical knowledge. You have theoretical knowledge, which is yeah. mostly propaganda toward its negative uh, you know, impacts. And then you also have this huge criminal opprobrium that's just sitting there looming large over this, this flowering plant. Uh, yeah. uh, it's, it just sets up for continuing the perpetuation of the ignorance because why would you learn about this you just expose yourself to risk and harm yeah i think i think at the end of the day it's like how can you convince like you know you know the oldest whitest senator and most conservative senator in the republican yeah. party right now like how do you get them in like 20 words or less you know to go to, to at least stop and go like shit like that could be a really good point you know what i mean like mm -hmm. that like to even just stop and consider like that's that's where i feel like is where it's at right now and i think we're we're getting there like because there's really good market and health you know market and economic outcomes and then if you can see the public health is neutral ooh you know maybe maybe that gets them over the edge next next time around you know ne next two years from now i don't know have you seen the the last four years or whatever the you know the last presidency i think i've learned about the republicans is they're really into kink shame so if we can just you know what I'm saying? Like we got some toes step on, a little little mommy daddy issues going on out there that uh I mean hell, they all just wanted to hang with pants and he still is freaking not you know, denouncing the dude. Like Yeah, that he, yeah. It's a party of cucks. I mean, I don't know what to say, but it's like how do you get that mentality of like self hate? It's like it's like Kanye. It's like what is this? How do yeah. you change people's fucking like what? Dude, do you not see here like outside the door box type like well so i mean the cool part is though like like the public opinions keep changing and and they keep yeah. going and when they keep getting to the point like there's that there's that middle ground gray area where you know a conservative senator can say well yeah 
you know, you guys think this, like, you know, this X percent of my constituency thinks that cannabis should be legal, but it's not enough to like change me to like not get elected. Mm. You know, in the next four years, there could be serious numbers of seats that that shifts in, you know, and so we've, we've been yeah. to actually assess like literally for folks in like in these national surveys with like 10,000 people, like, you know, how much like, would, like you really care, like, is this your number one issue? Because that needs to happen for, for this kind of to get shifted. Otherwise, you know, um, these guys can kind of just say, you know, these ladies can just say, you know, some lip, lip service and then, you know, vote against it, you know? just weird that progressives like a bad thing right like something that encourages us all to be forward and go to be a better thing and yet yeah. you know oh that's you... how marketing works you can politicize <laughs> anything in this country and you can turn anything into a pejorative or a euphemism uh, yeah. it just takes enough pr and money uh, and then repeating that lie again and again, especially during oh, yeah. the news and again and then uh, uh, it, it changes I mean that's it's there's so many examples. Even adult use cannabis is by itself a euphemism for recreational yeah. marijuana. I know, I know, I know. Oh, I, yeah. I know. So yeah. you, like the branding aspect is yeah. just everywhere, especially in politics and especially in business. But yeah. um, that's why it takes so long to change because it's just ingrained. I mean, was it Nancy? Is it Nancy Mace? I want to say she's the one that. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So like that's 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 positive. Yeah, she's a Republican, and at least in you know in Congress at least, but um, with a very you know Republican sort of looking legalization. It may not be the ideal one by any means, but it's a good sign, right? It's a good signal. Well, we're all starting to think about this plant in the same way. It's kind of like how everybody should be thinking about marriage the same way, right? There's no gay marriage. There's no fucking straight marriage. It's just fucking marriage. It's just marriage, stuck yeah. legally with some fucker. Like, however, but yeah, tell that to the Mormons that believe in plural marriage. <laughs> what I'm saying, like, it's just not even like a, a, a thing that infringes upon your personal being, right? Like, it's yeah, it's you do you, boo boo, but fucking uh, yeah. that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, this stuff is shifting really generationally slash age, you know, culturally. Yeah. We want to like, you know, stew it up it's it's changing it's continuously changing i mean yeah, you know, yeah 30 or 40 years of like year over year positive change so it's like you know and and maybe even arguably like a real spurt in the last five to ten years um you know so i'm hoping that you know in conjunction with some of these like you know banking bills coming up and that like kind of you know nice idea like maybe not the greatest but research bill that came out that that, that that you know oh yeah you know kind of like lip service bill but it, i mean it was cool and and you know, it's at least progress, you know, so yeah. somewhere they did something standalone legislation to liberalize the plant and effectively call into question its schedule one status, because if it was literally schedule one, you never would have passed that bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, that was a weird I don't even like I, I could use your advice on that one. I was like, what what does this really say? Like, I have no idea. Like, I'm not a, I'm Congress not a, has the ability to find the facts very cool. and that's the weirdest part because then if congress can find the facts they can find whatever the heck they want you know yeah. a ham sandwich is tuesday congress <laughs> says so they're trying to regulate ham and then you're like okay this is insane yes you know and then you, you look at the cannabis laws and you can see the limit of congress's power to yeah. say what the facts the objective facts that we have to live with are as a matter of law it could be yeah yeah but i mean as we are further than we were but also uh it's just weird that the drug on war is gonna be its own chapter in american history right like like fucking scheduling itself like how many other conversations do you have like 
we're not fighting for heroin. I'm not trying to legalize meth. You know, this is right, an right, right, right. thing there's, going on. <laughs> you know, there's a lot. Like, yeah. 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 It just there's more to it. Like what the original scheduling goes, right? The whole thing should be reinterpreted now, right? At this point, if we're re-examining well, it, fuck, break it down. <laughs> well, how about like, you know, psilocybin? I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, dude, the, the depression data on that is so overwhelmingly incredible. Like people don't understand. Like they took people who tried treatment after treatment after treatment. It didn't work. And then they gave them this thing with a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, assisted. And we're talking one year later after treatment, like noticeably large effect sizes for reductions in depression. Like that's, that's literally like miracle stuff. Like that's not like I had to like read, you know, several clinical trials before I was like, oh my God, cause like this can't be real, you know? And so it's, it's just crazy that this stuff is. But hippies like it, <laughs> <laughs> but you, we don't like them as a political thing. You know? And that's, that's the problem because, and then also mm. the schedule one substance it's illegal. So yeah. People are, by in their nature, typically risk averse. Entrepreneurs, a little weird. They'll take risk. Uh, yeah. However, um, if you're a normal person who's risk averse and you see that that may happen to you, if you get into the industry or if you try to go down that path, something wrong could happen and get busted. And then I, I would say that the, the mushroom one is, um, you know, it, I haven't heard of anybody getting busted, but... Yeah, it's still but, very illegal. Like they they haven't changed. The, they at least are starting to defund aspects of the marijuana laws. But I don't understand right. the um, where the status of the psilocybin laws are. I, federally, I don't it's, think it's moved at all. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's like it's not addictive. I mean, I got, I got something for you guys. So, uh, just like you know, cannabis. Uh, you know, now it's recreational. Now we have actual. Um, rules and, and regulation and bullshit right and the thing is though before though when it was medical someone had to take the first store someone had to take the balls no. and, and open a store and so uh this article was in uh, oregon uh, live.com uh but check this out let me see if uh, here we go selling salibin isn't legal in oregon but a portland shop is doing it anyway right <laughs> this was december 1st yeah. and uh uh so this, this, the, 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 the author, she tweeted that saying, you know, I feel bad. I feel like a snitch, right? So yeah. my thing is, though, she shouldn't feel like a snitch. First off, it's a brick and mortar store that like that's yeah. how we want, right? We want one day for everybody to go to 7-Eleven or whatever. But so then the following uh, two days of this one, this is the line. It goes around now because of this article, two blocks. So there's two blocks worth of people. But I'd imagine like the store owner has some sort of policy, right? Imagine they're like, look, 21 and over, we're going to cry and cover our asses as much or whatever. Yeah. But the fact is someone opened a goddamn store is probably selling delicious chocolates that make you feel wonderful. And, mm -hmm. but the, the thing too, about you're saying, as far as like all this research being done, we're just kind of proving what the hippies knew already. Right. The, <laughs> the stuff that people talked about, like a shaman and all this other stuff. Well, if you take this and have a little therapy, because one's not, better you know but together it's the best and uh uh yeah but i just thought you, that was kind of cool that you brought up mushrooms and i did i saw this article the other day about just someone opening a there's a store for and there's one in canada too i believe oh really uh yeah uh selling i don't know if they're actual powdered but yeah but the license window doesn't open until january 2nd <laughs> like they, they've broadcast this we've seen the regulations it's like you want to apply for this i guess you know uh, but <laughs> It yeah. doesn't open until January 2nd. 
Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, the biggest thing that the most common deficit in people's understanding, I found, it doesn't matter if it's like, you know, a government, it's usually more like just everyday people, um, you know, or politicians or even academics, but it is really when um, folks don't understand how much sort of negative stuff might be happening and oftentimes maybe more stuff in these in illegal states. So, for example, we have some data showing that in illegal states, people advertise illegal cannabis everywhere and they're actually advertising it um a lot just as much to youth in illegal states as they are in legal states mm. and so people that was a big issue for a lot of people oh the youth are going to be exposed to all these ads and then they're going to go do it and then everything back of the children yeah please think of the children yeah, yeah. The children. yeah. yeah. they're like you know they're going and they differentially in illegal states go after via digital and social media means advertising so it's actually like even more nefarious right like way more mm. uh, so it's just a i just again that's the thing that people like always miss. They'll say, they'll assume that everyone uses, you know, legally, and then, and then, even if it's in a in a legal state, they'll forget that people use illicitly, and then when it's an illicit state, they'll forget that, you know, oh my God, people use it like they do, and like just because you can't, you know, a tree falls in the forest, it still fell. You know, you may not have heard it, but it fell, and and I think that's kind of the the issue. Hey, it's 20 past the hour, which means it's 4.20 somewhere, especially if you live in the central time zone. We're going to take a 10-second break. And we're back. Joining us is uh, Dr. Sophies. Is that how we pronounce the last name? Sophies, close enough. No so worries. All right, from the cannabis, cannabis public policy consulting uh, business, uh, what do you think is on tap for 2023 in the licensed cannabis policy realm? That's a good one. Um, my guess is, so obviously a lot of states that are, you know, about to come on board will come on board. You know, my hope is we'll get one or two more states with adult use. Um, I think will be you know federal banking will get passed um hopefully another sort of research oriented bill federally uh to kind of pave the way is, is you know what i'm hoping maybe um you know something that just kind of um, pushes a bunch of different study efforts you know maybe uh, from various you know federal agencies or, or subcontractees what have you um you know, unfortunately, I'm not sure this next year by itself that is going to be anything game changing. I do think we're seeing trends where folks are starting to realize how important delivery is up, up front when implementing adult use. So I think mm. we'll see more of that um, with some of these states coming on board. But those are sort of the I think the top highlights that that I would I would consider. Right on. Cool. Right on. Um, what states are you involved in right now? Do you see that Nevada is doing the conception lounge? They just issued out those uh, licenses. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Uh, yeah, we we, we uh, work with them on. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, very cool. What no, was I'm your not... uh, input on that? Like, why? So, why would they reach out to you? Why would a state be like, "Yo, we need yeah. some uh, input on uh, uh, some weed stuff"? So, yeah, there's like kind of two parts of our shop. So, I actually am not involved in that particular one. That's my uh, co-director Mackenzie Slade. She runs kind of the policy consulting side so in other words if someone comes in and says look like, we have to get this from this consumption lounge thing going that's that's her like that's her jam right that's what okay. she does. you know other states like maine we've worked with is sort of a you know all in like i need to do the research and simulate what's going to happen 
and tell us like what to what might be the best way forward like simulate choices they can make to to, to make their market the best mm. and to you know create the best opportunities for folks kind of a thing um other states we've done that similarly um that's sort of more on the research side and where i kind of sit um but we do get some occasional contracts like that that are a little more policy focused like kind of by themselves okay yeah what cool so, but like when you input like the original policy is it are you saying like all the way down to like vertical versus horizontal like are you down to that level? <laughs> no we don't like we don't okay. so we don't like statute um we more help the commission after things of the dust Got you. yeah 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 that was just curious that's a good question i mean uh that would obviously be kind of like you know maybe in a few years that's something that you know we'd love someone to give us the chance to do that because we have data on 50 states and like simulate yeah. what the best way to go about it is based on you know and as more data comes in i mean we're getting like uh, opt-in opt-out stuff from every locality in the United okay. right now so like we could really start to simulate soon hmm. like, really nice. what that might look like so if someone if someone wants to pay us to do that we would be more than willing because I mean, you're awesome, talking about man. okay man no it's just i just think that's a wonderful usage of the data that it, it, we're getting and so that with the experiment of legalization we're getting data every year that goes by yeah. there's new data yeah. points and, and the data points so far are good yeah. and yeah. It, it, they really aren't bad and and after another few years i think that's when you're going to see this acceleration we're going to get and i think it's really the east coast coming online yep. and getting uh, illinois in like two more years where you're going to have that 35 dollar price point mm -hmm. and you're going to have 500 dispensaries and you're going to have 200 growers yep. uh, and that's enough to really support um you know the marketplace and then that price is just going to crash yep. and then you get that in the east coast as well which might take another three to four years because it's further behind than illinois yeah then i just don't see how you can sustain this any any longer especially if florida or texas gets involved yeah yeah it's tough i think one thing that's interesting is that the state like yeah i agree i think what's going to be interesting is when the price when the prices plummet well kind of like going back to the oregon well will operators complain because they're not say they're not getting profits it's one thing i i I'm a little concerned about i don't know maybe, maybe i'm off on that but i know there's a lot of chat about that and it's a, it's a tough situation right like when well price go down so quickly like generally it's really good right but like yeah is you know where's that like sweet spot i don't know i think though isn't that what capitalism is about though the fair market as far as like these guys are crying about like the price dropping but yo that's your bad for not anticipating this oh, yeah. explosion and then not just that i mean everybody thinks it's a golden ticket it was a golden ticket at one time right if you're a medical state maybe if you're in oklahoma and you still got maybe a hundred thousand less yeah. but everybody else is like millions but you know what i i can't arkansas is finally going to kind of decrim so maybe that'd be a good opportunity to, mm -hmm. to to make your millions but uh you have to live in arkansas <laughs> you usually have to be i mean i like these micro license business yeah. types that you're seeing because then that recaptures the retail um uh, price point so that's really the only way that i think you can do it is if you have your own grow and then your own yep. desk to sell it at otherwise it's just gonna i mean like having the the license to sell it that might be good for 10 years and then walmart's gonna get that license there'll be more licenses yep. there'll be liberalizations of this as yep. people come to understand that it's just a plant yeah 
and we yes, were sir. regulating it. Like I mean, the why is like if you're inside the industry, you already understand why. But it, it's catching up to everybody else, and so like in another decade, I, I boy, the price might be really really low. But then you got you're gonna have like, you have input costs on it, and then yeah. also you have prices that it, people have been used to paying. It's not like because of prohibition ending beer magically became free <laughs> it cost money to make that product and so yeah. just because of prohibition's ending for cannabis it's not going to magically become free you still have to grow the product you have to test the product so that it's pure and the, or you have to process or manufacture the product and you have to package it so it's compliant with uh, food safety laws right that, that costs money yeah yeah i mean i i completely agree with you like i think I think that's overall that's a really positive thing. That's if that's that's what we're seeing is these these prices decreasing, um, and I think yeah it'll continue to happen. It's going to continue to hopefully incite other states to start to legalize, realizing that they're they're losing out on this tax revenue. Yeah, you know. Well, and hurt your citizens and, and your, your your bottom dollar diverting from real yeah. crime. You know, exactly. uh, I think it's silly here in, in Seattle. The cops can't smoke. Oh really? <laughs> like, yeah, I th- yeah, but in or I think it's uh, they're not or in Colorado they're allowed to smoke. I think the statewide. Is, really? Yeah, who knew that? That's that's fascinating, actually. So I, I mean, and again, this is a, a, a prohibition. How it affects judicial? I mean, this is a multi. Uh, 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 this plant sometimes to wrap your head around it. Like, see, I, I work in, in tech, so and I think he was uh, some of the masters, uh, and then Tom is a lawyer. You can wrap your head around complicated you know, issues, right? Here's this judicial, social, societal, industrial, uh, uh, health, uh, 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 wellness, uh, recreational uh, plant, textile, that could be. And then, and, 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 you know, if, if the government really liked us, they would have, uh, you know, made it legal. But no. <laughs> no, they don't like you. They just see you as something they can use. I'm just saying, but, if, they, if they're know. there for us... <laughs> Yeah, it's told, me, it told me they didn't like you too. Yeah, right. yeah, it, it, it's exactly. I mean, I, I the IRS. That's pretty much every letter that I get from them. It's like, where's my money? I don't like you, and I'm like, I'm paying it. I'm paying it. I'm working really hard to give you your money, Mr. Uncle Sam. Uh, uh, okay, so what else should we touch on before we wrap up? Do you think? But oh, geez, um, I guess let me think here. Um, so one of the things I, yeah, I just want to go back to like the, and this is like such a cliche, but like uh, just encouraging people to kind of like go to Google Scholar and type type stuff in and read for themselves. And, mm. and but also be like, you know what I mean? And be, be skeptical of but there is still a lot of bias. Like academics can be, scientists like myself can be really biased though. Um, and so it, oftentimes these like abstracts, like these little summaries, right? Of like 200 words, they tell you basically like all the main points and like results, implications of the studies. And there's a, and, and if you look, there's even ones called like a meta analysis or like a systematic review. Type in that, like systematic review, know whatever the topic is, could be like cannabis and cancer or whatever. And oftentimes that's like the best way to actually get like quickly the mm-hmm. real like data. Like, um, this is actually like what, like, so like they combine like 50 studies and in 50 studies, these are the effects they show. And like, it, it, I think for most of your, you know, listeners, they'd be able to actually probably do that pretty easily and, and be able to summarize that pretty easily in, you know, in their own head. Um, 
Mm -hmm. rapidly. No, I use Google Scholar for legal research all the time. Yeah, um, and it's it's fantastic. And then um, from that, you can you can pick any case that you have, and so you can really quickly cross reference it, understand it, take it apart. That and Law Insider I use as well, nice. which yeah. is you know they just scrape the Edgar database from the SEC every freaking if you have to file it with the sec you're a big company uh -huh. so any big company's real contract you want to see you can find for example i found burner's um ip licensing agreement for cookies he uh, filed it with Edgar. yeah and so it's going to be one of the webinars we do but um oh, cool. i'm trying to not get a lot of business between now and when the new office opens yeah in a couple of months because i have to move out of this place and then i'll be reporting live from a bunker <laughs> my basement nice no, that's been cool great, all right so yeah. people can reach out and find you over at uh cannabis public policy consulting.com you got it cool nice. man thanks for joining us dude thanks for having me guys i really appreciate it i really appreciate it as well and all the members that joined uh and tuned in you know we really appreciate you and all the the listeners and the watchers that tune in thank you so much for supporting the podcast don't forget to like and subscribe and if you really want to make our corporate overlords of google really really happy you're going to stay tuned for the next video which will be starting in a few seconds let's just start doing a small countdown three two one second <laughs>